This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 63, The Beast of Busco. Churubusco is an unassuming town nestled into the northeast corner of Whitley County, about 15 miles outside of Fort Wayne, Indiana. First-time visitors to this slice of picturesque Midwest life are likely to notice one unifying theme found throughout, something that sets it apart from every other collection of churches, bars, and fading lawns that make up north-central Indiana. Turtles. Turtle-themed restaurants, turtle-themed shops, turtle-themed parks. At first glance, some may assume that this mascot was chosen arbitrarily, but its roots go back over a hundred years. Tales of a Chelonian creature of ungodly proportions began in 1898. This dominating theme endures because the townspeople still remember the tales of an enormous snapping turtle that put the town on the map. It was allegedly nearly six feet across and was estimated to weigh nearly 500 pounds. This is the story of Oscar the Turtle, and how the lake monster made an otherwise sleepy Indiana community famous. Before it was dubbed Turtle Town, USA, Churubusco was a small settlement founded in 1847. This was during the Mexican-American War, and after a contentious community dispute over the designation of a post office, the patriotic residents of two neighboring settlements decided to come together and name their new town after a significant U.S. victory in Churubusco, Mexico. The fledgling town continued to progress relatively uneventfully for the next 50 years. In 1898, all that changed. The legend of a turtle with a shell bigger than a dinner table began about three miles outside of downtown Churubusco, down a quiet dirt road, you'll find a small seven-acre lake known today as Falk Lake. At the time, it was owned by a farmer named Oscar Falk. According to the legend, he was the first to see the behemoth turtle swimming around the edge of the small lake. Unfortunately, very few details of this initial encounter have survived the decades. We do know that Falk discussed his sightings with friends and neighbors. Although it appears as though very few found tales of a big turtle living in the lake all that compelling. It wasn't long before Mr. Falk's tales were essentially lost to time. Another half century went by, and this original account very well may have gone down as one more odd tale told by an odd man, if not for the events of 1948. By mid-century, the property had changed hands a couple of times and now belonged to a farmer named Gail Harris. Locals Charlie Wilson and Aura Blue were avid fishermen who spent their weekends hopping from lake to lake in a quest to collect the best hidden gems in the area. The first Saturday of July in 1948 was no different. Harris allowed the two locals to spend the day on Falk Lake. The men weren't expecting much. As far as they were concerned, it was too hot to expect the fish to bite but they were content lounging in their small boat and enjoying the summer weather. Little did they know that they would encounter a beast that would put any of their fishing stories to shame. The men spotted what they described as an alligator snapping turtle, roughly the size of a dinner table. The men said the shell was approximately six feet and spiked around the edges. 
According to their eyewitness report, they spotted the Titanic turtle as it rose to the surface. After approximately six minutes, the beast disappeared into the depths of the lake and out of sight. Wilson and Blue immediately rode to shore and raced to tell Harris about the sighting. According to the Michigan Quarterly Report, Harris was skeptical of the men's tale. That was until two days later when Harris and his friend Orville Reese were at work repairing the roof of a barn on the eastern edge of his property when they spotted the turtle out in the lake. When they sighted it once again the following day, they decided to take a rowboat out for a closer look. This was a life-changing moment for Harris. From then on, he was determined to share the tremendous Chelonian with the rest of the world. The story of Gail Harris is a massive part of the legend of Oscar. He began telling anyone who would listen about the behemoth that was discovered swimming in his lake. A small group of local reporters picked up on the story, and by March of 1949, Folk Lake was drawing hundreds of curious onlookers and reporters hoping for their own glimpse of the beast. While excitement was certainly the word of the day, there were some people who believed it was nothing more than a hoax, and they were not shy about making their opinion known to Mr. Harris. In direct response to this criticism, he decided he would prove the turtle's existence by capturing it alive. In March of 1949, his first attempt involved drawing Oscar out of the murky depths and into a trap made of scrap lumber and chicken wire. This naturally drew a crowd who waited for hours for the giant turtle to arrive. According to accounts from the time, Oscar did make an appearance. However, the trap was not strong enough and the turtle burst through it easily before vanishing below the surface of the lake. Next, Harris and his friends tried a 300-foot net, but Oscar supposedly ripped through it with ease. Abandoning the idea of trapping him, next they developed my favorite of all of their approaches, and certainly the most romantic. The plan was to release a sea turtle into the lake. The idea there was to catch Oscar looking for love. Unfortunately, the salty slowpoke's love would go unrequited. This was followed by a series of attempts to spot the turtle with a special type of periscope, which was also turning up nothing. As news of Oscar the turtle, and even more of the harebrained attempts at his capture, spread through the state, interest continued to grow. Later that year, Harris managed to find two divers willing to dive into the dusky depths in search of the beast. Woodrow Rigsby tried first. Unfortunately, the dive was cut short due to a suit malfunction. Another diver, Walter Johnson, spent over two hours surveying the bottom of the lake. Eventually, he got stuck up to his waist in the muck at the bottom and had to be pulled up by a group of onlookers. At this point, Harris abandoned the idea of finding the turtle with a diver. In a frustrated and thankfully vain effort, Harris even tried dropping dynamite below the surface to kill the turtle and bring it to. When that failed, he enacted his most drastic plan to date. He decided to drain the lake in late summer of 1949. This was also allegedly when the last sighting of Oscar occurred. Harris's efforts to drain the lake shrank the lake down to a single acre. With over 200 curious bystanders watching, Oscar allegedly made one last dramatic appearance where the turtle ate a full-grown duck in a single bite. Shortly after that, Harris's pump broke. He made a final attempt to drag the lake with a crane. Unfortunately, so many failed attempts did not only cause fallout environmentally, but in the court of public opinion. Harris was nearing the bottom of the barrel, most physically, financially, and socially. He was forced to give up the search in December of 1949 due to health issues. The farm was sold less than a year later. Meanwhile, heavy rains filled the lake back up to its original level, and Oscar was never seen again. Despite the fact that all attempts to capture Oscar ended in failure, or maybe even because of it, the turtle made an indelible mark on Churubusco. In 1950, the town held its first Turtle Days Festival, and it has remained an annual event that the community cherishes for 72 years. 
It is marked with activities that include a parade, turtle races, live music, a 5K race, and a poker run, among others. The Whitley County Historical Museum holds a few historical items from the turtle hunts and recently sponsored a children's book on the subject. Theories on what happened to Oscar vary. Some believe he died during the capture attempts and later sunk to the bottom, never to be seen again. Others swear that Oscar escaped to a different lake through a series of interconnected tunnels and canals leading out of Falk Lake. Perhaps the legend persists because this seems more likely than something like Bigfoot. After all, the largest alligator snapping turtles ever captured have been between 250 and 300 pounds. It isn't much of a stretch to think that eyewitnesses simply overestimated the size of a rather large but normal turtle. Even that 50-year lifespan between the first sightings in 1898 and 1948 is not all that unusual. Alligator snappers are believed to be capable of reaching 200 years old in the wild. It is worth noting that, according to the Indiana Department of Natural Resources, the historic range of this species is mostly the southern part of the state. In spite of this, I can say personally that I grew up with a fair share of run-ins with alligator snappers in our local river, a mere 50 miles south of Oscar's supposed home. So the possibility of an incredibly large snapping turtle living in that lake cannot be discounted. By all accounts, the lake has changed very little since the great mid-century turtle hunts. It currently sits on private property, but curious onlookers can easily catch a glimpse of it from the road. In 2018, it went on the market with a $1 million price tag. In the end, I enjoy the fact that Oscar was never found. Imagining what lurks beneath the surface is much more enjoyable than having concrete proof. For this reason, and for the enduring and admirable dedication of the citizens of Churubusco, Indiana, the legend of Oscar the Turtle will live on for future generations to enjoy. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts. I am Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. All right. All right. I'm pumped for this one. Yeah, I I like this one. Um, Mainly because I like turtles. So, you know, that's that's a win. (laughs) Absolutely. I, um, I love this story for three reasons. Okay, one, it's a home state legend. Right, right? of course. And one that we, a place we should absolutely go visit. Like, that would, that would be awesome. All right. Um, two, because I, it seems like of all the, the cryptids that you hear about a lot, this one seems like very plausible to me. I don't even know if I would call it a cryptid. I, you know, to be honest, I, I was thinking the same thing, yeah. um, and I know I made my my joke to you, you know, to begin with, like, how terrifying can you make a big snapping turtle? Right. Um, you know, which, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I see this as. So I'll just yeah. start with that. That's fair. And three, because this is the legend of this, really isn't even about the turtle. It's like it's a very human story about obsession. It's, I mean, this is basically Moby Dick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. I see that for sure. And like, yeah, like that want and need to basically prove its existence. And then yeah. like the town basically feeding off of that too. Yeah. I mean, this farmer, Gail Harris, he, I mean, he threw his whole life away for this turtle. Yeah. Legitimately. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, um, Sucks I mean, there are him. like, yeah, there are like detail. There are details that weren't in the story, but like he, okay. So the the first thing that drew that drew um, skepticism about his story was when he started selling entry, like charging entry to come to the lake. See, right? that's like that's one of your first mistakes in something right. like this because that's generally you're you're just promising nothing 
Yeah. And looking ultimately for just gain, right? Like there's no, there's nothing that you're yielding for, you know, all this gain. And so of course it's going to piss people off. Yeah. And see, but there's a story behind this that supports his captain Ahab status. So the reason he had to start charging for entry is because he was so obsessed with finding this turtle that he let his crops fail. Ah. Yeah. We'll see. He just stopped (laughs) tending to his farm. Like, so that, that also, I guess that does lead to other questions too. The fact that like this guy was so dead set on this being a real thing that he was willing to give up his farm and, uh, you know, like his crop yield and everything for that season or whatever else. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, it's wild. That is crazy. Actually. I mean, he was fully obsessed and another thing that, that just screams captain Ahab to me. Okay. So there's a bit, a bit of the story where he has this like local auto mechanic who's like an amateur tinkerer put together this periscope sort of thing that's like armed with um with like car headlights it's like totally yeah so huh. like basically right. it's like a tube that they sink down below the surface of the lake and at the bottom there are headlights connected to the front of it to like shine right okay yeah. underwater so that they can see well they fucked up somehow and he ended up burning he ended up burning the retinas in his eyes <laughs> using this periscope <laughs> yeah, that's not funny but yeah that sucks yeah i mean that's the peg leg you know what i mean like the yeah. turtle took his eyes if there's like one thing that I've learned from like one of our most recent like Patreon or Lights Out stories is that the murky bottoms of a lake are basically terrifying. Yeah. Um, the lakes never end. Yeah. And so I mean, yeah, if they're going to like stick this like thing down in there, you know, like just even in the story it says like after 10 feet like it's impossible to really see anything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's no a wonder lucky. he burnt his eyes. Yeah, because all that light's just reflected right back up exactly. the periscope. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that that shit is wild. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, like, giving up, like, everything that you're doing because you're looking for this, <laughs> this just big turtle. You know, I mean, yeah, go to the zoo. I mean, it's it's crazy, but like he his description because he never gave uh like a length or a weight or anything. His description was okay. So he and his friend, he's always described as his friend, but he's actually his reverend. So Gail okay. Harris was uh like a Nazarene Christian. Mm. So like no drinking, no smoking, no, like, super strict about lying. Like, he was a very reputable guy in the community. Like, as a super strict Christian. All right. And, I um, mean, yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he's out there. I mean, that's not to say that Christians don't lie no, or I, drink I was or smoke. I get a comment on Nazarene, but we'll just leave sure. it at that. Okay. Um. So... He's out there on the boat with his pastor, with his reverend, looking for it after they spot it from the roof of his barn. And he described it as you could see the tail of the turtle at off the back of the boat, and you could see the head of the turtle off the front of the boat. Are, are they sure they weren't looking at like a couple like logs? <laughs> a couple separate turtles, maybe? Or... <laughs> right yeah oh man um, this thing is massive its head is there and its tail is over there yeah, yeah sir that's meanwhile it's turtles. three small turtles in a trench right. coat yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, trying to get into an r-rated movie that's right um no but like see one of the cool things about this story is its validity isn't really argued because over the course of all these attempts to capture it, the turtle was seen by dozens of people. 
Like, I mean, I, dozens of people who all confirmed how insanely large it was. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not dismissing that at all. I just I yeah. feel like it wasn't as large as they made it out to be. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always room for exaggeration, right? In oh, 100 percent accounts. Yeah, you know, especially much like, like back in this time too. Yeah, and much like fish, turtles are always bigger when you don't catch them. True. And yeah. being seen in the water, especially, let's say, from a distance. Yeah. Anything is going to appear larger if it's something that's out of the ordinary. And at that time, like, these larger turtles, you know, weren't as common as, you know, as now. I mean, sure. shoot, I'm, I'm sure most of us have seen, you know, a big-ass turtle or been to a zoo and has seen, like, a, you know, massive turtle or tortoise or whatever else right i mean there's there is a big difference between sea turtles and freshwater turtles of course size but the thing is even if they weren't exaggerating this oscar here is only slightly larger i mean significantly but it's within reason larger barely larger than the largest alligator snapping turtle ever right it's i mean it, he would be the biggest one ever but not by a huge mar- not by an unreasonable margin i mean like i definitely don't see it being its shell being the size of like a dinner table but you know maybe half of that sure like i mean you dude half of that would be mid-range for alligator snappers like yeah I, I i don't i you know i don't know it's hard to say i mean the Okay, so the largest recorded ever alligator snapper was caught in 1937 in Kansas, and it weighed it weighed 402 pounds. I mean, that's a big ass turtle. Yeah, that's that's only a hundred pounds less than what they say Oscar weighed. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I think it could be easily, you know, easily passed off as a giant. Yeah turtle right like it's a big ass turtle right exactly yeah so that's that's what i'm saying like in this case is i definitely don't see it being like this big ass cryptid if you will yeah yeah um you know or whatever else like i think it was just a big turtle that they saw you know and i think you know as as we talk a little bit more about like what happened and then the methods that they tried to use to uh bring this thing out you know Mm -hmm. what possibly actually ended up happening to it yeah um i mean that's the fun part of the story right is all the like harebrained schemes right oh yeah without a doubt for sure so the first one they they build this cage this trap that it's how you trap turtles i mean it's just a huge version of how you trap turtles it's like a cone shape wire structure with basically a gate on the front so that they can push the gate open when they're going for the bait inside. Right. But th- but it swings shut behind them. Yeah, just like a, you know, like a rabbit trap or yeah, any type exactly. of like, you know, game Live trap. trap. Right, exactly. Yeah. So they build this huge and I mean huge wire trap and they stuff it full of raw meat from the butcher. Like just fill it up. Like yeah. dozens of pounds of raw meat in this trap. And according to them and like upwards of 20, some people say 40 onlookers, the turtle crashed through the trap, ate the meat, and then burst through the wire in the side and just, just left. I mean, I could definitely see that being... Like something of significance for people to gather around to watch, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the, especially at this time, being told like there's this massive thing out there, it's a monster. Yeah, you know, like people are going to be into it, of course, for sure. Um, so yeah, that did not work at all. It just wasn't <laughs> strong enough. <laughs> I mean, right? What did they expect? Yeah, they underestimated the power of Oscar, for sure. Um. So he tries several other traps. They're like, 
there are these cool pictures of diagrams drawn that explained that were like in the newspaper. Yeah. That explained the like the trap builds. And they're pretty cool. But um, one that I think though I, I thought was silly was the net. Oh yeah, because, the huge net. Right. Like you have this thing that can, you know, I mean it can eat a duck hole basically. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it could chomp through a net. Yeah, and it just chomped through a giant trap made of chicken wire. You think right. it can't get yeah. through like nylon netting? Yeah, I I just yeah. I just thought that was silly. Yeah, that one failed miserably. <laughs> um So, at one point he he buys a fucking giant female sea turtle. See. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because he's named after Oscar Falk, the original... Well, it's disputed. Some people say he's named after that original owner. Some people say in this area, people just refer to turtles as Oscars. Hmm. Okay. So, could be either. Alright, that's fair. Um, Living fairly close to that, right? Living fairly close to this area, I've never heard anyone call turtles Oscars. I haven't either. Yeah. So... I assume he was named after Oscar Falk, the the original person who saw him. Um, so, because his name is Oscar, they're assuming that it's male. So he buys a female sea turtle to try to lure Oscar out. And it's actually quite sad, because they buy this female sea turtle. Sea turtle. Right, and throw it into a lake. yes. And they release her into this murky-ass, nasty lake. And they wait. And then the sea turtle dies. I mean, what did they expect to happen? Right. And then they... So, here's the fucked up bit. They drag her out of the lake. And then they sell her to to a local restaurant who serves like turtle for the next two weeks it's like the special on their menu for two weeks yeah all right i mean yeah so (laughs) clearly these are not clearly these are not marine biologists who are trying to catch oscar they really thought this was gonna work you know as like through this process, you know, I was rooting for him. Like, yeah, finally to you catch know, Oscar. Like, yeah, but not not even to catch him, but like with this sea turtle before it, you know, obviously was gonna die. Yeah, but like I had hoped, like maybe, you know, maybe this yeah. guy would like take the bait, get Fall a little bit of life. action, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or <laughs> and, that, and then this thing dies. But you know, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, he obviously didn't want any of it. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's was, sad. He was, he was probably just like, you, this, this turtle is not even a turtle. <laughs> it's a, a separate species. Just looked at it, He's like, are you kidding me? And, right. Like, you can't even process oxygen out of this water, can you, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> you see me? You see you? Come on. Come on. Think about it. Look at this stupid sea turtle all smooth. Doesn't even look like a dinosaur. So, the fact that they took this sea turtle um, after they killed it, basically, um, and then sold it off or gave it to some, you know, whatever restaurant to serve up some turtle. This makes me think of being younger. You know, like, when I was younger, you know, catching turtles and turtle soup and shit like that was a very real thing oh yeah like it was very common to catch like big ass snappers and yeah get everybody over and have a massive like yeah just you turtle know, soup uh, yeah yeah um same and, and, i remember like, catching people throw alligator for it yeah i remember catching alligator snapping turtles like you grab them by the tail and pull them up out of the mud yeah yeah i remember that shit yeah. and like even the ones around here were like, I don't know, a foot and a half across. I mean, yeah, they were they were big, but especially you huge. get into like the lakes and stuff, and there's some, I oh, mean, yeah. some pretty damn big ones. 
yeah. and just right around For here, sure. you know, like yeah. So yeah, it was it you know it was something like it was very common, very common back yeah. then. And um, they do look like little dinosaurs. Oh yeah, without a doubt, they're they're so gnarly looking. They really are, and they're like and like scaly and pokey and pointy and yeah, awesome. And that bite, by the way, a thousand pounds of pressure in their oh, bite. Man, frig that. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I remember my dad like constantly being like, "The tail, the tail, only the tail." <laughs> like, yeah. make sure you don't reach for the wrong side of that thing. Oof, you're gonna lose a finger. I mean, yeah, without a doubt, easily. Yeah. Yep. I remember him like, because we would, you know, catch one, drop it in like an empty cooler, full of water, and take it home. Because you don't want to eat it, and I mean, you don't want to clean it until right before you're going to eat it. Right. And um, I remember him like holding sticks up in front of it and like having it bite the stick and mm. just like snapping little tree branches oh, in yeah. half. Yep. Yeah. He's like, that would be your finger. Yeah, that's crazy. Don't grab the wrong side. I mean, it's yeah. it's legit. It's legit for sure. And so, like, you know, it's that's why I don't think it was a stretch for them to see this big turtle yeah but i don't think it was anything more than that you know it's i think that's that's all it was for sure that's kind of why i like this story because it's it's it is in a lot of ways a huge departure from what we usually do because i don't think there are any supernatural elements to this story at all oh i fully agree at all yeah i think the like the big and i think what's important to this story is the like for one the festival yeah the festival that they started in its name yeah i think i think that's Um, really cool and the fact that they have like parades and all these people actually gather around for this thing yeah they have turtle races yeah and of course i mean eating turtle is still a very common thing in turtle soup and a lot of places that you can go you know they have they have things like turtle soup and stuff like that Um, yeah you know still around this area that's true um but like these um like proto festivals are are a huge thing um and it's like it's a sign that okay so the backstory for the festival the reason they started it in 1950 they had basically they lost their boy scout house in Churubusco they lost it to some kind of like um, I think it was they moved an a um, army reserve location into Churubusco and it took over the Boy uh, Scout house. Basically, I thought maybe like the owner like stopped paying money on it so he could search for a big turtle. <laughs> right, that's a theme. Yeah. Um, no, but they they lost their Boy Scout house, so they started Turtle Days to raise money to build a Boy Scout house. For the community. Yeah. And they, and it's been incredibly successful. Like they, all the proceeds for the festival to this day go to like community, into the community chest to go for like, like beautifying the town and like building things that, you know, like, um, recently in 2019, they used the funds from the last three years to completely renovate the firehouse. Nice. So, and like, just community things like that. Like this festival is still still going on. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They, okay. They um they canceled the one in 2020. Of course. Of course. Like everybody did. But they were back on by 2021. Like they were right there. And June of this year they ha- they have it every June. See, I think like things like this. Let me talk about a you know a lot about like these different things like even like the Kelly little little green men festival and you yeah. know like little things like that that are these areas kind of you know like they use their claim to fame to kind of create these events or whatever else that help yeah, to like draw bolster people. their economy and draw people in Absolutely. and whatever else and I think that's important um you know I th- I think like especially I mean yeah like you know a lot of places have like street fairs and little things like that but like something that you can really say that like your community is gone is like banded together to create something that you know can help like 
I don't know, celebrate your history as a community, I think is awesome. Yeah, and I think, I mean, these these festivals, even the ones outside of, you know, the cool ones, like the Kelly Little Green Men Day and Turtle Days and yeah. stuff like that, um, they're whatever point of pride the community has that's what the festival's based on yeah right? of course like if you have like you know the biggest grapefruit orchard in the country that your little town has grapefruit days you know what i mean like yeah they have like strawberry <laughs> festivals yeah. and they have you know what i mean mm-hmm. like covered bridge festivals whatever the town is proud of like that's what it's based on and i think that's super cool yeah, I think like, it's it's definitely important, and it's if if nothing else, just to you know, just to draw something to your town, like to like yeah. help with the economy, help with like all these different things, and so yeah. like I think you know, and just talking a lot about like all these places that use these like moments in history to get people to come and celebrate or. You know, like yeah. even use it as a means of like just helping, helping draw money in and stuff like that. Like, I think that it's, it's a very smart move to make. And I think it's an important move to make, honestly. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, it's a sociological phenomenon, right? Where oh, yeah, like, without a doubt. it's, it are, there are these like points of interest that draw communities together. And I think that's what's so cool about this story is like what they're celebrating is. They, I mean, it was national news, the Churubusco turtle hunt. Like, everyone, yeah. the whole community was in on it. That's like, just crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, it was that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, imagine if it was billed as, you know, the citizens of Churubusco believe they've, that they have the largest snapping turtle in existence. Yeah, I and mean they're, that right they're there trying is, to get it right. That's, that's awesome. That's big, right? Exactly. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's super cool. I mean, around here we have a festival that unfortunately has lost, kind of lost touch with what it was originally for. You know, um, I think a lot of, that happens to a lot of these festivals too, because ours yeah, is even called course. Heritage Days. It's like literally named heritage days right like it's supposed to be a celebration of the town's history yeah but like even by like the time we were kids all that was gone i mean of course there were no speeches about the history of the town there were no there's nothing like that it's just like where can i buy my like red and white striped hat and my icp poster and like pyramid bracelets and yeah a new belly button ring i mean that's true and i i think uh, i think that i think it's inevitable for something like that to happen unless you have like literally a claim to fame you know like if yeah. you're celebrating something outside of like we're celebrating our heritage and our roots and all this other stuff but no, if yeah. you're if you're like literally celebrating like this big ass turtle that became right. a thing, event. right? You yeah. know, I I see that be staying more of a thing than something that's gonna, of course, evolve. See, you know? like, I think they just stopped having people involved in the in the fair in the that were actually connected to the history. But we have like a historic society in this little town. Yeah. And I don't know why they don't do anything with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they if they planned like a a speech or a presentation on the history of the town, I would totally go to that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing about like that town specifically though is there's no real major thing that it was known for. Like, Oil. You know, you have I guess to an extent we had like, that's what founded the town was a massive oil rush. And then you have like other towns that like were really popular because they were like one of the first areas that did like glass making and stuff or, you know, like things like that, that I feel like were more, a little more unique. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's what I'm getting at. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, because of course, 
you know, at that point, like, it's going to turn into something that it's not, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? But it wasn't I intended think it's to inevitable, be. right? Yeah. I mean, the the other town in our county had, up until the 80s, had oil days. Which was, like, literally celebrated the history, the founding of the town. Like, based on these these camps of men that came in to to drill for oil and it was like an oil boom town right but that like just vanished in the 80s i'm not sure what what happened why that changed but i mean and honestly it's yeah it's it's hard to say but i think like as time progresses those things that once made an area you know, like made it what it is, just eventually like outgrow that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can see that. It's sad, but it is. You know, but it, it is unfortunately it is what it is. Unless you have like something that always remains a thing. Like this area and like just Cherubusco and you know, like this this beast, this giant turtle that apparently has always been a thing. Um, you know just being it's like massive claim to fame yeah so and they've just never moved past that like celebrating it so yeah i think it really it really just does depend on the area and kind of what it is and yeah for sure i don't know maybe it's maybe it's the same thing who knows right so then gail captain ahab harris's search continues right for the turtle (laughs) right this um moving past the murder of this sea tortoise um he then i know it's awful it's so bad it's like i just don't understand like their thinking behind it like i don't don't know maybe like at this point in time like most people weren't very smart i don't know (laughs) I think just not a lot of biology textbooks getting around to <laughs> Churubusco, Indiana. Was. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but okay, so the next the next thing that happens is this half blind madman takes his rowboat out into the lake with some reports say a hundred, some reports say three hundred pounds of dynamite. So okay, this is where. <laughs> This is where, like, I question, you know, like, I know, okay, and so I'm, I know I'm skipping ahead to where he's, like, draining the lake and stuff, and that was the last time this sure. thing was ever seen. Yeah. But, like, I've got to say, like, throwing dynamite into the lake has to cause some really, like, it's going to have a lot of... Environmental impact? Oh, massively. Yeah. 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 So he rows his boat around the lake, dropping dynamite and blowing it off for a a day he spends all day doing it just dropping like a stick here a stick there all around the lake i mean he's lucky he didn't blow himself right like that's that's and nothing happens stupid i imagine some like some fish probably floated to the surface oh yeah i mean anything else that was under there they probably killed yeah yeah those poor fish were fucked oh I mean, they already <laughs> killed a sea turtle, you know? Right. They didn't care. Right. Um, so when that fails, finally, in a last-ditch effort, he decides to drain the lake. So he takes, like, marshals all of his resources and buys this huge water pump. Now, this lake is about seven acres, I mean, it's a it's yeah, a good sized lake, pretty decent sized lake. Yeah, especially for Indiana. That's that's a good sized lake. Man, you know and, you have a problem when you're like, "Ha, yeah. I have an idea. I'm gonna drain a lake." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> so they like build up these dams. They like, I mean, this is like a project. They build these dams. They start running this giant pump. They drain it from seven acres down to less than an acre of water. And it's, you know, it's muck. So what do they do with all that water? 
You know, that's a solid question. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Did all the farmers use it to like water their crops for like the next year? I mean, the lake is definitely fed by a river. All right. I want to say. So they may have been pumping it like over a dam. Mm. You know, like they built the dam to block the, the inlet and then they're pumping the water over to Back the other side of the it. dam. Yeah. That's, yeah. I suppose that's possible. Okay. All right. But like this is a major it's a major project. And they spend, you know, a couple weeks draining this lake. Oh, I'm sure. Like that's that's a massive undertaking like to yeah. 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 Um and then Oscar makes his final appearance in front of like a lot of people. A lot of people see this one. Like scores of people. It as to like the stories range from like forty is the smallest number I've seen. Okay, people saw this. Him like he basically like lurched out of the little bit of water that was left. He like snatches this duck out of the sky, <laughs> above the water, like it's flying over the water. Grabs it, eats it one bite, and then he like burrows down into the mud like snapping turtles do. And he's never seen again. So you have this car-sized turtle. Yep. That lunges out of the water. Out of what's left of it, at least. I mean, it just kind of stands up out of the water and grabs a... That's that's fair. I guess lunge probably isn't a great verb. I Um, mean... Considering alligator snappers can't even do that thing with their heads that normal snapping turtles can. Where, like, their head shoots forward and it grabs stuff. Like... Because they have so much muscle in their head and neck that they can't do. That's why their bite is so much stronger than a normal snapping turtle. That's fair. That's fair. But, um, yeah, grabs the duck, burrows back down into the mud, and is never seen again. Now, a lot of... There are a few different stories as to why he stopped draining the lake. All right. One is that the pump breaks... And he's literally spent... He's at the bottom of his financial barrel. I mean... Like, he can't can't afford another That would one. make a lot of sense. That's a lot of water to drain for it to finally just fail on you, and you're like, yeah. okay, you know? Yeah. Um, the next is... The night after that final appearance, he gets appendicitis and gets rushed to the hospital. All right. And... And the, the by the time he gets out, because he has this sort of cascading health issues right. that year, um, probably because he's like alternating between throwing dynamite in lakes and just sitting like staring at his fireplace, brooding about this turtle. <laughs> uh, I can't help but picture him as like Captain Ahab. I'm just yeah. like st- everywhere. He's like constantly like. Ugh. All huffy and puffy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will get you one day. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, the other is that he gets appendicitis, goes to the hospital, and he's in the hospital for a long time because the next thing happens and the next thing happens. Right. And so the hunt just kind of gets called off. All right. That's fair. Um, Either way, it, it stops that day after he's... After he's seen for the last... They don't finish draining the lake. Oh. the Okay, so... In the version where he has appendicitis and goes to the hospital... The night that he goes to the hospital, there's a torrential rainfall. And it, like, bursts one of the dams and the lake fills back in. Huh. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I mean, that'd be enough to really, right? you know... Like, Burst damn it, your gonna bubble, start yeah. all over? Right? But yeah, then he, he gives up. He um, he has, like, he's financially ruined by the end of this. He ha- He's having health issues. He ends up selling the farm that year and um, kind of vanishes into history. Okay. And it probably, like, it would have went by the wayside if not for a couple years later when, in 1950, when the festival starts because right. of the Boy Scout house. Um, and that the festival is really what's kept the legend alive. 
So did he get anything out of this festival? I don't think so. I would hope not. I think he just left. I would think like, like at that point and... it would be like a slap in the face. Like, yeah, buddy, yeah. you couldn't do this, but we're still going to celebrate it. Right. Like, yeah, he probably, he pro- he shows up to the festival every year. Like this damn turtle. <laughs> 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 he eventually drives himself to, you know, an early death. Well, I, I don't know yeah. how old he was at that point. Just it's um all, all in regards to the turtle. Yeah, just so angry he dies. Yeah. Um but no, the the property, Folk Lake, the property, the farm and the lake went up for sale in 2018 for just over a million dollars. So well. it has like, I, I like, I have seen screenshots of the Zillow listing yeah, for it. And like, it has a super nice, like rustic cabin style house nice on the farm. And it's like, you know, it's like 25 acres of farmland along with the lake. You know what I can't help but to hope happens is that somebody that buys it, they're not even going to be trying, and then this turtle is just going to make itself completely known. Right. Still, you know. Say, I know that you had mentioned, like, you know, these, they can last up to, like, 200 years, you know, or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a stretch for that to still be a possible thing, right? Yeah. But I think most of them... um in captivity they live like 50 to 70 years and so they like extrapolating the normal the normal difference between captivity and in the wild they they estimate that they can live up to 200 years but Um, this would still technically be the wild yeah absolutely yeah it wouldn't be a stretch for that to finally you know for it to finally make itself known again dude how awesome would that be we would have to drive to churubusco immediately <laughs> i mean i just think about this this poor guy that spent like his entire life and you know like didn't give a shit about his farm and all this other stuff for so long yeah to like yeah that'd be a huge slap in the face i mean after murdering a sea tortoise i think he deserves i mean a slap yeah in I, don't, the face. I don't think it really matters <laughs> at that point yeah what a dick right um but I I know I kind of love the idea of like turns out it's a female and it because the snapping turtle alligator snappers at least they basically live their whole lives in the water except for the females come out onto land to nest that's it that's the only time they come up on land just like a sea turtle yeah yeah similarly for sure so I love the idea of someone buys this and all of a sudden one day this like 600 pound surprisingly female alligator snapper just comes up off out of the right off the shore like you see like what looks like the part of the earth that starts to move because this thing is (laughs) so damn big and then shell all covered in algae (laughs) and right yeah that would be see there's the horror story yeah I don't know. I'm into it. Imagine just sitting out by the lake one night, having a beer, like just enjoying yourself. And all of a sudden you see this like massive, massive part of the world just just starts moving around you and you don't know what's going on. Just lumbering up toward you. (laughs) I'm into it. Dude, those, those things scared me as a kid. I got used to handling them, but like when I was little, I I remember being afraid of them. Oh, same, man. Like I, I was always so afraid. Like that thing would snap at me and being a kid, I, for some reason came in contact with so many of them. Oh yeah. So it was just like, it was just commonplace to like catch them and stuff. Like, you know, it was cool, but, uh, yeah, like I was always so afraid of getting my finger like bit off. Yeah. I, I mean, I basically like lived on the river with my dad, so yeah. like constant fishing trips and stuff. So caught so many of them, but I remember being terrified of them when I was, I don't know, probably eight, nine years old, right? Being like terrified, and I can't imagine a five hundred pound <laughs> version of that. How scary that one would that be. could literally eat you. 
Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, one that could snap like telephone poles the way that. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have like bite some trees down. For real. <laughs> As, yeah, That's I mean. Insane. So, like, you know, we joked at the beginning how scary could it be, but, like, I definitely could have written a 15-minute horror story about a giant turtle. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, but, like, like, for, I guess maybe it's the situation, the scenario, right? Yeah. I mean, this thing never hurt a soul. Exactly. I feel like it's very hard to make this out to be, like, this big scary thing when it, like, it just wanted some peace and quiet. Like, it wanted people to leave it alone, you know? Yeah, I'm absolutely on the monster's side in this story. Yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Like, see, that's why I like the first guy, Falk. Yeah, the Oscar so, Falk. Was it because like he spotted F-U-L-K, it and L K or was it like Falk yeah. like F O L K? No, F U L K. Okay, I wrote that in my <laughs> notes. So I was just curious. Um, that's why I like him so much because he spotted it, and he was he just mentioned it to some friends. Yeah, like. Man, I saw a big ass turtle the other day. Yeah, I mean, because that's it. And then he let it be. They like they swam in the lake. They fished in the lake. They hung out around it. They, you know, just live and let live with the giant turtle. I mean, that's normal conversation. Like, man, I saw yeah. this big ass turtle. Awesome. How big was it? It was this big. Sweet. Oh no way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Huge turtle. And that end of it. Right. Exactly. But <laughs> Gail Harris, he went nuts i mean to like get to the point where you're like wanting to charge admission to come and hopefully maybe catch a glimpse of this thing yeah Yeah. i mean here's another side to this story which is gail harris had a wife he was not alone like could you imagine being married to captain ahab i mean no like that would yeah it had to be brutal. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. She was probably out there just like, again, really? Yeah. We're doing this again. Okay. See, I think, I think he, because part of the story is that he, the woman he was married to was a farm girl from Indiana and he was not from Indiana. He was not a farm guy. He wasn't a farmer. See, maybe that was his problem. Is he was like, see, that's I, what I'm I really, thinking. You know, I really don't want to do this. I can't do this. So yeah. he like tries to bank off of anything and he's like this like sneaky like conniving <laughs> asshole that's like just See but I think that's why he got so obsessed with it because he saw it as his way out. Right. Of farming. Yeah. I mean he I, obviously I he that. let their crops go to to search for it. He saw this as like I could do this and I could be the guy with the turtle lake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just charge people to come and see this giant turtle do that instead of running this farm i mean yeah that's crazy i i think that's the key to his obsession was that he hated his lot in life see i i definitely i i think i have to agree with that for sure because that was like i i couldn't help but to think about that like as i was like considering all these things that this guy's doing right to try and like pull this thing out to try and make it a thing to try and bank on it as much as possible Yep. So yeah, just the extreme lengths he went to. Oh yeah, to find it for sure. It. I mean, look, there are lots of great people out there that are looking for for monsters. Yeah. Right. Like cryptozoologists in the field that are trying to find Bigfoot. Right. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But when you start just chucking dynamite into the woods, hoping to blow up right. a Bigfoot, you're an asshole. But a lot of that also happens without like nominal gain, you know, like they're yes. they're out there for pure science, you know, like Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, you know, self discovery or whatever exactly. personal reasons. Yeah. Um But like I I can't help but see this guy, Gail Harris, as a dick. Yeah. Like he took it way I too agree. far. Yep. Way too far. I mean, he could have just been the, like, man, have you heard about out at Folk Lake? They have this huge turtle. Like, and that, that would have been fine. He could have just farmed and been normal and, yeah. but no. Um, and his shit got violent, which is where I, like, it's where he yeah. loses me. Oh, I, I agree. think you're right. I, I was rooting for him at first when he's, like, setting live traps and he's like, I just want everyone to see it, you know? 
I just but I don't like, think that was the case. Yeah, I think he had think some so hidden either. agenda from the beginning. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You might be right. It's unfortunate. It's kind of like the the shady underside to the story, right? Oh yeah, with yeah, for sure. Yeah, and because otherwise, I I've always found the Beast of Busco to be like a pretty uplifting like story, like community and this like just the story of this town how it like rallied around this one cause and it like it helped them make their mark on the world right you know yeah i mean if that's all it is yeah great but that i you yeah. know that definitely wasn't all it was yeah because i think ahab there i think now it's it's at least celebrated properly you know yeah i agree for being what yeah. it was but i would love to i would love to attend turtle days you know like I don't think they could have ever gotten to that point though without all of that yeah. happening too. Without the shady exactly. underbelly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You know. You can't say like, you know, good for him for <laughs> right. holding out, but no. yeah. you know, like that's kinda like when people say like, you know, Genghis Khan killed millions and millions of people, but he also opened trade routes to Asia. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> but Right. There's all that, you know, pillaging and murder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um but no, like I I would love to go to Turtle Days. I we should like, you know, maybe that would be the could be the first thing that we like vend at. Maybe we could get a table at Turtle Days. Yeah. Get us a get us a sweet Beast of Busco shirt. I mean, I'd I'd be into it. Yeah. That. I think it'd be cool. I would definitely yeah. be there, you know, happy to support not necessarily the cause, but uh, what it's all about. The town. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing is they turned it into like, it really is a good cause. Like, yeah, small towns in the Midwest, they struggle financially. They really do. Oh, that's without like, a doubt, for sure. That's why most of them are crumbling. Like, shitty sidewalks, like failed, failing stoplights, like... That's that's the reality of most small towns in the Midwest. So, if they can use this to help, you know, keep their town going and take care of their community, I think that's a, that's a great cause. I think it's a win for sure. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I think it I think it'd be awesome. It'd be a lot of fun. So, at the end of the day, I think Oscar, the Beast of Busco, I think we can agree, was probably just a really big turtle. I, I would say, yeah, he was definitely just a big turtle. I think it was yeah. just fully exaggerated. Sure. And I think the farmer guy used that, you know, exaggerated it beyond what it fully was just to get people to come out, get away from having to farm, use yeah, that as an be. out, you know, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's the there's always the the problem with lake monsters which is you never see all of them at once right yeah so it's very easy to make assumptions about size and shape and you know what i mean like the bits that you do see are submerged and of course magnified by seeing it through water of course and so this really could have just been i mean it might have been a big fucking turtle it might have been like yeah. near record size snapping turtle right yeah but i, I at the um, end of the day i don't think that's like anything to really write home about like you know it's like yeah right. this was a big a big turtle awesome yeah that's why i think the story is about the community's reaction yeah to the big turtle agreed right because i mean they were talking about churubusco on the news in chicago and new york right it and was like, something to help it was it was their claim to fame it was something to yeah. help to bolster their their area like imagine tiny little Churubusco, Indiana, the courthouse getting calls from reporters in New York and Chicago looking for updates on the turtle hunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty badass. I agree. I agree for sure. Yeah. It's super cool. So yeah, I think a, a huge turtle. A huge turtle for sure. Yep. 
nothing weird, nothing otherworldly, nothing even cryptozoological. We, I think we know what it is. I think it was an alligator snapping turtle. I fully agree with that. Definitely not. It was big. Yeah. Not cryptid based or anything like that. It was just nope. an awesome turtle. Yeah. An awesome turtle. An awesome turtle. And that concludes episode 63, The Beast of Busco. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.